Hello, welcome to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. This is number 83, not of the uh, audio version, but of the newsletter. Fast on our way to number 100. But today, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time and go through what was happening last week in influencer marketing. Um, Hopefully, you're catching up on this Monday morning on your commute. If you're not, you're missing out. I send this on Monday morning. Um, you might have missed the past weekend. Uh, if you're in the U.S., you had a long weekend. Happy 4th of July. Uh, it's back to work week. And what a great way to keep, uh, keep up with the news. Uh, let's look back and see what happened. So first off is a great report about the future of influence marketing platform market, um, which says that essentially right now it's at $5.5 billion. In 2019 and in 2024 in only five years it'll quadruple uh up to 22 billion dollars uh that's the big takeaway is that we're only a quarter of the sizes we're going to be in five years um but one of the most interesting parts of this to me um being based in southeast asia for the time being um was that apac or asia pacific is expected to hold the highest uh, uh, the highest growth and surpass uh, the total amount of North America by 2024. Um, right now, you know, I think they're pretty neck and neck. I think looking at the the, the chart, uh, it was sort of an eyeing it up. But um, yeah, huge growth factors here uh, for the APAC region, even more than North America, at least growth wise. Um, Next up is why are disclosure rules for influencers sponsored content so different than they are for TV product placements? Um, Well, the article went into sort of the history and stuff. I think the key takeaway here is that um, the government agency who determines these things has stated that in a television television context, the mere showing of a product or a brand does not amount to endorsement. And thereby doesn't require disclosure, except they do require paid disclosure in the end credits. Um, and you might be thinking, oh my god, this is blasphemy. This is or this is terrible for um, influencers or creators. But I do have to sort of say that the the mediums are different, right? Is uh, on social media at least the perception is that everything you post is yours, right? You are posting your voice, your thoughts, your opinions, and that if you do post something in, even if it's a exact product placement or if it's a logo showing and you are paid for that, you must disclose material uh, connections. I think they will, um, I want to say, and, and there should be a deeper dive into this, at some point, instead of just sort of a very clear, like, quick article of here's why the diff- there's a difference. Um, but I think there needs to be some kind of study that says, or asks, like, what are the different social medias and how do we produce content, right? YouTube, unless it's a personal channel that across the entire thing, it, it shows, you know, this is a personal channel. I don't think they should have – I think YouTube – publishers shouldn't have to abide by the same rules as a personal uh, person who creates all of their own work. Um, This might cause a lot of controversy or a lot of controversial issues amongst even those sectors, but 
honestly, there needs to be a look at like what is the actual medium and what is the way in which a consumer will look at these channels, right? If I'm looking, say, at Soul Pancakes channel, which I don't believe it's a, a single person creating those cha- those videos. It is a company. It is I know it because it's a Soul Pancake. It does, it's not the name of a person. But if I look at you know as someone's YouTube videos like Michelle Fan, and she's producing her own videos, editing her own videos, and and putting out this information, then that needs to, that's very different. Um, whereas, especially even on, on Instagram too, you have some very distinctly different types of accounts. And people know this, consumers wise is you're not following a person if you're following, say, National Geographic's uh, in, Instagram. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more of this, but um, that was an interesting uh, read. And, and the takeaway was that you know, these are different mediums and that's why they're, they're treated differently. Uh, meet the creative who claims to have coined the term influencer marketing. So Michael Blatter, he ran successful, a, a successful trend influence marketing campaign for Camel cigarettes and Coca-Cola. And this is considered, or, or at least he considers it the start of influencer marketing. And, and the, and it was quite interesting because the campaigns they talked about in this article were um, not what we consider influencer marketing now, but what is truly influencer marketing, where they gave away to bartenders free camel cigarettes, when they were, and so the bartenders could give away free cigarettes to patrons. Um, and this was influencing a trend, right? And that's what we're trying to do here with influencer marketing. Whereas we're we're not. We are using influencers, but the ultimate goal is to influence a trend or to create a trend or to create a different habit or, or, or different behavioral change for good or, or bad. I, I know there's some uh, bad products out there, but, you know, let's let's talk about the good ones, right? This is like your um, your awareness of certain trends, awareness of certain things in the world. Um, these can all be used using influencer marketing. Um and this was a funny article because Blatter even said brands really need to do their homework on culture. They need to understand who the real influencers are and how they can support culture. Winning favor is a complicated game and consumers are getting smart to influencers that sell their reach for a fat check. Very, very interesting and very cognizant of, of where this all began and where it is now. And, and maybe a call, maybe he's sort of doing a call to everyone and saying, let's get back to like actually influencing the trends and not influencing consumers through just here, buy my product. Uh, the current um, transactional change of Instagram from a, a social media site to a transactional site is a little damning for this kind of thought but um you know there's a ton of other mediums that we can um look to like audio and video that i think will 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 get back to this i think this is the future of influencer marketing is get back to how do you how do you actually change a trend or create a trend um and that's when i've seen the most successful campaigns as well to be honest so um the section of interesting people included the Try Guys, who made the New York Times bestseller uh, last week after releasing their book, The Hidden Power of Effing Up. Um, there was a great list of them and nine other influencers reaching number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, Nike will host the so-called Nike Sport Court, a designated space at the uh, VidCon uh, that will welcome A-list content creators and athletes, including Olympic gymnast Gabby Douglas, skateboarder Deshaun Jordan, and NBA MVP Giannis. Oh, my God, I'm not going to try to say that name. Um, 
Next up was Shane Parker, who presents six important KPIs of influencer marketing that you should know. They were, and I'll just read them out to you, they were website traffic, awareness on social media, engagement rates. And then the next one might sound like two, but it's actually one. It's lead generation conversion rates. That was the fourth one. And then sales. And then finally, the sixth, and albeit separate category for a KPI, was return on on investment. And I feel like the biggest takeaway you can get from this, and, and he's right in this way, is that he separated return on investment or ROI and sales. Um, this, re, The return on investment is not just sales. And if you are failing at influencer marketing because the sales you're producing are not, um, making, not making your return on investment, then, well, two things. There's a few things going wrong, and I'll, I'll sort of debate, you know, what may go wrong on each individual campaign, but you're probably not including everything you can on return on investment. And you're also probably looking at trying, you're optimizing for sales. So you're missing out on optimizing for other things or including other things in the campaign to uh, work on. So this is very interesting KPIs. I liked how he set this out as, um, and again, sort of return on investment is sort of the, is sort of the sum of everything else, right? Website traffic, awareness, engagement, leads and sales, sort of all of that lead, uh, leads into or sums up your return on investment or your ROI of a campaign. Um, and if you're not doing that, if you think you, if you are doing sales as your ROI, please get in touch with me and I'm happy to like see what's going on and help you out um, on figuring out actually how to sum up your return on investment. Um, look ahead at what Instagram is doing. Jane Manchun Wong says that Instagram is developing a new stop motion camera option for Instagram stories. Fantastic. Love it. Um, love the more tools you can hand to creators anytime. Um, I want to point to uh, Ken Lyon 2019 wrap up by the goat agency. Um, you know what? Their analysis is so good. I, I sort of point you to them. Um, they had a great uh, hangover podcast during Can Lions. They sort of pointed out that in their wrap up, and I guess this is the takeaway for me, is that those who won the influencers and social awards, this yes, they used social media in their campaigns, but they ultimately like didn't use influencers or didn't make that a large part. And so there's a lot of room to grow for Ken Lyons to promote and, and look at and see influencer marketing for what it really is. So maybe that's also part of the next uh, five years of growth in influencer marketing. Um, Great uh, e-cigarette companies just came under fire, or hopefully are coming under fire for using vape trick videos to get the minors um, or those who cannot aren't of age to smoke. Uh, this this article is fantastic and is worthy of your read. Uh, but if you just want to take away that, check out e-cigarette companies and how their uh, paid uh, product placement in these e- these trick videos are, are very problem problematic. Um, Seed, so a, a D2C uh, direct-to-consumer supplement company, Seed, they are tackling social media marketing by sending everyone who they work with, <clears throat> all the influencers, to Seed University. They're actually asking everyone, every influencer they work with to go through a course. This is really cool. Um, I see it as a problematic if every single company you ever want to work with asks you to fill out a, a one-hour sort of survey or, or watch these videos. But, you know, in in – Knowing how ambassador programs and influencer programs normally work, 
this could be a potential solution or one of the ways you could vet influencers, um, especially if it actually does help. If it if it just vets out the people who, if it if it filters out only the people who don't want to complete an hour of course or or an hour of any work, and then you can use them to pay, like that might be a problem because you're also you might be asking influencers to do work ahead of time, and that might be problematic to get people who are actually pretty well darn good at the, what they're doing to do um, your campaigns. But this is an interesting solution. Um, I hope to see some more uses of this, um, either for from agencies themselves um, or from companies themselves. Maybe it is the companies that need to be doing this. But we'll see. We'll see looking forward if there's any more of this. Um, Global Web Index brought out their latest 2019 social media user trends report. And in Q1 2019, time spent on social media has decreased or stayed the same compared to 2018 in 20 out of the 45 markets they surveyed. Um, They see this as likely a result of many internet users having a better awareness of the time they spend looking at screens and the proliferation of digital well-being tools. That's what they thought. If you're asking me, uh, it it might be how they're tracking it. It might be... Are we, like, question is, are we at peak social media? I think we were at peak social media 2015, um, but that's in sort of percentage comparison to other modes of uh, communication and other things we can do. Um, and maybe we'll be separating social media soon into different categories of, of chat, chat and um um, information trade and creation trade, you know, creating a video and sending it out on YouTube is very different practice than sending a video out on Instagram or Snapchat or even Twitter. Um, publishing or creating a, a Twitter post is very different than um, um, to friends and family is very different than a creator doing it. So we'll see. Um, I think there needs to be some segmentation in this market as it, as it is one of the largest markets in the world. Cool. Um, Great campaigns this week. Britta teamed up with Social Chain um, for a no filter, no future promotion to encourage people not to use single plastic, single use plastic. Great. Um, Twitch is going to have their Prime Day. Uh, they're going to be selling products QVC style. Mm. Looking forward to that. They're going to have some uh, streaming celebrities there selling products. It's QVC, but with gamers making the sale. Uh, Manchester agency B Influence has won a pitch to deliver campaign for Pink Cloud, oh, Pink Cloud Beauty Company um, and News.media's latest brand campaign for popular short video app Likey garnered 2 billion impressions within the first three days of its launch. Wow. You know, this campaign is the first time I've ever heard of Likey, so um, fantastic to hear that. And last but not least, the favorite section of this audio version of Influence uh, Weekly is what's not in the newsletter. Uh, What you didn't get in the newsletter because it was already shared way around uh, your LinkedIn and your Twitter and everywhere else. And probably everyone uh, emailed it. At least I was emailed this article and (laughs) I checked it out but ice cream double for influencers so a, a, a truck an ice cream truck was fed up with people asking for free ice cream 
And so he put a sign out that said, it's $8, not $4, for influencers. But I do have to say that um, Brittany Hennessy, the author of Influencer, the book Influencer out last uh, fall, uh, said, and rightfully so, that no real influencer would ask for a $4 ice cream. Uh, this was, again, in uh, exorbitant abuse of the word influencer. Um, I think it was that he was asked to like cater a, comp- a company party or something, and that he was like, no, I'm not going to car- cater at that. And yeah, I don't think a catering company should be asked to, to cater for free um, for just exposure. And again, no real influencer, a single influencer is going to ask for a $4 ice cream for free. Um, we should be better than that. So I thought you had a, I th- hope you had a laugh over that. Thank you for listening and hope your commute's been fantastic. Please uh, watch your inboxes Friday morning for this week's Influence Weekly. Hope you had a good time. Hope you got a takeaway. Hope you learned something new. Uh, and carry 